care of Hashem. Parshas boy. This is going to be one of the um, <coughs> last parshas for a while. As you know, I'm not going to be here for the next few weeks. We'll be in your guys' country in America. In America, it's Hashem. Hashem So make sure that you sign on to the app. Beis Hashem. You'll be able to follow some shurim that are going on over there. Sign on to the app if it's obviously for those that have phones that allow those things, those that don't, Ashrecha. So, I want to speak about an Indian, which is a very simple Indian. But it's an Indian, if you don't mind, that I like to machazik in myself. Going to America is not an easy trip for me. First of all, I'm going to miss all of you guys. But apart from that, it's not an easy trip being there as well. It's not a schmuck. It's not the most comfortable thing to ask people to hand over checks. It's difficult. It's not easy to keep this place going. Baruch Hashem. Just thinking about you guys in the Beismedrash Steiging keeps me going. Keeps me wanting to ask. But it's, it's difficult. And I'd like to speak about an Indian to Mahazik myself. And I say this often. But you know, when I give any time, if you ever hear Musa from me, if you ever hear Musa, really bad sir, I'm speaking to myself. But if I do that, then the little men with the white coats are going to come and take me away. So we find an audience to speak to, and this way they don't think I'm crazy. I'd like to speak about a, a very simple line to Mahazik myself before I get on that plane, but as is Hashem on Motsu Shabbos. So we know that the parish of this week, parish is boy, boy, base Aleph, three makas. That's the obvious one. You didn't, mean, didn't need me to get up here tonight to tell you about that. But we have the three last markers in this week's parasha of the Rabbi Nishalim Sayyidim Hashem al Moshe Boy El Parakeni Hichbarati Asli Boy Veslave Avod of Laman Shisia Soysay Eila Bakir Boy. Very interesting. So we know that there's a famous Ramban over here and at the end of the parasha. Over here the Ramban tells us what's going on. What is the Pshat in the Pasuk? Again, Spoke last week about the Indian of Paroi hardening his heart, making it worse and worse, deeper and deeper. But here the Ramban says something so simple, but something that penetrates into our very blood, into every fiber of our body. And I want to start with one simple question. What type of life do you want to have? What type of life do you want to have? There are two choices. And I've said this Marshall before, I'll say it again, just to drive home the point. Two people are on a bus from Bnei Brak to Yushalayim. They're on this bus, it's a familiar route, they do it all the time. One of them turns to his friend in the middle of the motorway, middle of the highway, and he says... Look at the window. You know the, you, you notice this? And looks at the window, he says, No idea I am, but I, I'd like to get a bit of rest before we get to Rishalayim. Leave me alone, I'm going to close my eyes, I want to doze off. A few minutes later, he taps on the shoulder and says, I, I, I'm really nervous. I'm really, do me a favor. Do you recognize this way or not? He says, No, I don't recognize this way. What's the big deal? I don't know, I'm, I'm really nervous. The driver, maybe he's hijacking us, maybe he's kidnapping us. Who knows if he's driving us into an act? So do me a favor, I just want to have a bit of a shlof. If we get to Yerushalayim, leave me alone. Please don't disturb me again. And the guy's nervous. He doesn't know what to do. He's biting his nails, putting out his hair. He, pushed it he never saw this before. He never saw this route. He's done this route many times. He never saw this way. He doesn't know what to do. To cut a very long story short, 
finally, the driver gets off the road, and bang, here they are, Knisale, here they're in Yerushalayim, they get to the bus stop. The guy wakes up from his shluf, and that guy's, oh, he's like, almost sweating, he's like, oh, he's been nervous the whole journey. They get off, they both end up in Yerushalayim. One of them had a good shluf, he relaxed, he's fresh and ready to go, and the other one's a nervous wreck. Rabbi say, what type of life do you want to have in this world? You have a choice. You have a life that you can be nervous. What's going on? What's the Rabbi Nishalayim doing to me? Why is this happening to me? And you're nervous the whole time. Or you can choose another type of life. It's your choice. The choice is yours. You can choose a type of life where everything's relaxed. Everything's easy. Because there's a Rabbi Nishalayim. Says the Ramban in this week's parsha on these psukim that I just read to you over here in Pasuk Aleph, in Perik Yud. Says the Ramban, the Rabbani Shalom is not telling Moshe Rabbeinu just to go down to Mitzrayim and perform Machas as he did last week and he's continuing to do this week. Says the Ramban, the Rabbani Shalom is telling Moshe Rabbeinu why? What's going on over here? Why did the Rabbani Shalom harden Parah's heart? And the reason, simple. Leman, in order. In order that Klal Yisrael, in order that all future generations should always know. And it should be crisp, clear in all of our minds, in everything we do, wherever we go, that there's a Rabbi Nishlalem. That, that the Rabbi Nishlalem is running our lives. And everything we think we do to make our lives better is simply the Rabbi Nishlalem. And we have to realize that. Now, you have to put things into perspective. Let's take a step back for a moment. Sometimes you have to take a step back and think, you know, you learn, you learn the Ramban, you learn the Rashi, oh, beautiful, the nice pshat, we know this already, Gavaldi. Take a step back for a moment and think, what's going on? What's going on? This is what we need to see. Kali saw needed this. Kali saw, saw the Nisim and Niflais that the Rabbani Shalom did. You have to be crazy not to have Betachan. You have to be crazy not to realize there's a Rabbani Shalom. What's going on? So the answer is, that it could be it's the opposite way around. It could be that Klal Yisrael saw the Makkah, for example, of Dam. Wow! All the water turned to Dam. Not only the water of the Nam, but every water in every single crack and every single beam of wood. Incredible! That's it. We're going out of Mitzrayim. There's no way. This is a great thing. Parah doesn't listen. And we go from one to the other. And you know what happens? Instead of Klal Yisrael strengthening their Emunah, Klal Yisrael go down in their Emunah. Because they realize it's all over. They start being miyayish. We're seeing nace after nace. That the Rabbani Shalom is clearly proving the power is not interested. There's something wrong over here. They're being miyayish from any type of Yeshua, from any type of Savior. And over here the Rabbani Shalom is saying, like the Ramban says, probably the most famous Ramban in all of Torah, is the Ramban at the end of this week's parsha. Where the Ramban says, what is the reason why the mitzvah of Pesach Korban Pesach, Chometz, Matzah. Why is it so homo? Gosh, people go to crazy lengths peeling every tomato and not eating anything manufactured. Can you? What type of life is this? For what? Korban Pesach with every dikduk mitzvah of how to eat the Korban Pesach with the bones, the whole... Why is it a chorus? Can you imagine a master of Chometz in your house? It's, it's unbelievable. People go crazy. The Ramban says, why? What is it already? What's so big? about this week's parasha, about Pesach, that we have to go crazy for every single detail. 
And the Ramban says Poshut, because this is the, right here, Rabbi said, right here, is the Yisod of Yiddishkeit. This is our foundation. This is what Yiddishkeit is all about. The realization that it's not about us. That we don't run the world. The Rabbi Nishadalim does. And that's exactly what's going on over here. There's a Moedika Chayvah Salavavavis in Shara Pechina. The Chayvah Salavavavis writes that the Rabbi Shalom created the world in perfect proportion according to our needs. And he goes on to explain. He says, the Chayvah Salavavavis says, a person cannot live without air. It's not Shaykh. You can't live without air. So what does the Rabbi Shalom do? The Rabbi Shalom created air everywhere. There's, there's nowhere that you go, basically, in a normal person's lifetime, that there's no air there. It's found, it's free, it's everywhere, it's easy, because that's what we need to live. So therefore, the Rabbi Shalom created it in abundance. Comes water. Says the Chayvah Salavavah is water. We, we, need, we need water, right? We need to survive. There's water all over the world. There's more water than land. It's incredible. There's enough water to feed the whole population of the world. There's no problem. There's no shortage because we need it. Food. Very necessary. Probably not as much as water. But there isn't as much food as water. Because again, it's in proportion with how much we need it. That's how much the Rabbi created it. Clothing. Very, very essential. The plants that we get the clothing from, v'chule, v'chule, all of these things, they're all over the place. But again, they're not as much as food because we don't need it as much. The Rabbani Shalom gives us exactly what we need. Says the altar of Kelm, when he learned this chayvah salavavas, when it comes to ruchnias, and it comes to spiritual needs, the things that we need most are available in abundance. What is the most essential thing that a yid needs? He needs emuna. He needs to trust in the Rabbi Nishlalam of who's running the world. Who's pulling the strings in our lifetime? Who performs everything? As the Gemara said, there isn't a blade of grass that moves without the Rabbi Nishlalam appointing it to move. A Yid needs a Munah and it's everywhere. It's our life support machine. But we don't see it. Many people choose to live a very different life. You ever saw a person that regrets things? You ever saw a guy... I can't believe I didn't go there. Oh, I can't believe I didn't do that. I can't believe I didn't make that phone call. I can't believe I didn't make that deal. You know, I don't know if you ever saw such a thing. I've seen such people. It's incredible. He lives with a Muna? No. You ever saw a guy that's upset about something? Somebody hurt me. Maybe it was physically. Maybe it was emotionally. Somebody did something to upset me. And I'm, so, I'm, I'm really upset. Again, maybe you never saw these things, but I've seen such people. That person lives with a Muna? No. But you have two choices in life. You can live a life of happiness, of simcha, with the understanding that the Rabbani Shalom runs our life and everything that goes on in our life is directed from the Rabbani Shalom. Or you could be like that nervous guy that comes at the other end of the world and is like, wow, that was one nervous lifetime. You could choose. It's totally up to you. Rabbeinu Bechaya, in the Sefer, in the beginning of Perik Aleph, in, in his Marachas on Betochen writes, what is Betochen? It's for a person to realize that the Gemara says, called the Ovid Rahman al everything, everything, everything is the Rabbi Nishalayla. Every single thing that happens in our life, everything that happens in anybody else's life, everything is purely the Rabbi Nishalayla. Can you imagine if a person, I don't know if you've ever been to the Niagara Falls. I can imagine most of you, whether you're from Toronto, whether you're from New York, whether you're from America, you've probably been at some point. I, I've been Zaychen to go myself. I once went for a Hasana. It was tremendous. It was, it was on the Toronto side, so I don't know exactly, you know, it's a better view on the other side. I don't know, but it was, it was mind-boggling. It was absolutely incredible. Could you imagine, right? and, and these things have been done, if a guy, I don't know about this one, if a guy goes over the Niagara Falls on a tightrope, right? Someone did that, right? 
Okay, beautiful. So can you imagine, I'm sure, when he did that, there was the media, everyone was watching. Can you imagine such a thing? It was incredible. And he manages to do it. He goes over, blindfolded. And then he says, I'm coming back. And everyone says, are you crazy? And he does it. Then he says, I'm going on a bicycle. This is amazing. Never saw anything like this in my life. Then he says, I'm going to go with a wheelbarrow. So that's already a heavy piece, right? And he goes with a wheelbarrow and off he goes. He's backwards and forwards. And this is, ugh, everyone is just like astounded. Then he says, all right, guys. Somebody's going in the wheelbarrow. Would you guys get in? He's just done it 20 times. And no problem. Oh, but when it's done, when it comes to me... Whoa, 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 whoa. But both say, do you know how many of us live life this way? Betochen. <laughs> of course I'm betochen. Wait, you think I don't believe in Hashem? I sing all the songs. We sing all the songs. Of course we believe in God. Who in this room is going to get up and say, no, I don't believe in God. <laughs> Everyone. Not a shy. I have betochen as well. <laughs> it's a basic. Come on. I'm a yid. I grew up this way. When something happens in your life, that doesn't go exactly according to plan. All of a sudden, hey, what's going on? I didn't do enough established. This happened. I didn't go to the business meeting. I missed that guy. I missed the phone call. What, what happened to the Rebunshan? Wait, where's the Amunah? The Rebunshan ran everything in the world until now. He can continue doing it. Just like that person that goes over Niagara Falls. There's a Moyodika Goin. The Vilna Goin in Birka Selion Baba Kama. Sally Basom at the base brings down as follows and explains why is it so challenging for us to attain real betochen in our lives. And he says that when a child is a young child, he believes in Hashem. Children have this emunah pshuta. They just have this emunah pshuta, something that anyone that knows any children, emunah pshuta, pshuta, they believe in the Rabbani Shalom, they hear it in Ghana, they hear it in school. It's so pshuta to them, it's so simple. The problem is, says the Vulna Goin, is when they grow up. When they grow up, all of a sudden it's about me. It's about me, right? Because I make the business deal and I made the impression and I worked hard, so it's me. We lose that child part of us. Explains the Vilna going, that's why in the base of Megdash they had the Kruvim. And the Kruvim is the Gemara in Sukkot of him, the base tells us, said they look like children. Because that's what we have to remember, that's what we have to try to drill in ourselves. The Emunah that a child has is the Emunah that we have to have. In Shirashirim, it says, it's an unbelievable thing that the Rabbani Shalom looks through the cracks. What does that mean? What does it mean the Rabbani Shalom looks through the cracks? You ever had a wall? Or maybe a crack in the, you know, in the, where the window is? And you look through, you can just about see, you can see what's going on inside the room, but they can't see you. It's a small crack, they don't see you, but you can see everything that's going on. The Rabbani Shalom is exactly the same. It says, the Pasuk in Shirashirim, that the Rabbani Shalom looks through the cracks because the Rabbani Shalom sees exactly what's going on. He's directing everything. He's pulling the strings. We might not see him, but he's there directing everything. He's pulling all the strings and making sure everything happens. Famous Misa, Rabbani Ramesh, unbelievable thing what he says. His grandchild was once playing hide and seek. And the child was playing with his friends. This one was hiding, this one was finding. They took it in turns. And his grandson comes running to him at one point and says, Zayda, Zayda, it's not fair. And he said, what happened? What happened? He said, I'll tell you. We were playing the game. It was my turn to hide. And I was hiding. And I was hiding. And nobody came looking for me. Two hours later, I got out of my hiding place. They're playing another game. They're not even looking for me. It's not fair. said, Rabbi Ah, ah. The Rabbi Nishalayim is hiding. 
Is anybody looking for him? Is anybody looking for the Rabbeinu Shlolem in their lives to see where he is in every single one of our lives at every moment? The Heilige Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Isai. Where Rabbi Kiva, as we know, the age of 40, hadn't learned one moment, one drop of Torah. And the Gemara famously, Psachim Mentes says, that what did Akiva, what did he see? He saw the rock that was being indented by the water, drip, 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 years and years. How many years? Nobody knows. And he decided that even if the soft water can affect that rock, then it means that Torah can affect me. And he changed his life around. He made a commitment to learn Torah because he saw it. How many people walked past that rock and didn't see it? How many people walked past that rock and didn't see that it made an indentation? They didn't want to see it or they didn't notice it. Rabbi Kiva did and he changed his life. Rabbi said every person can look within their life and see the Rabbi Shalom. You might have to look, but you should look. Because I guarantee you it's a different life. I'll tell you, Mordecai Maisa. There was a year, a yid. By the name of Rabbi Shmuel Rachmiel Kaufman. He's a yid. He's a Rebbe. He's a big machanach in Detroit. He said he heard of an airline that was offering tickets to Chicago for 32 cents. Not a lot of money. They made a mistake on the system. It was either meant to be $32 or $320. Say somewhere, somewhere on the line, someone got the, you know, the dot, the period in the wrong place. It was 32 cents. He had Talmudim there. He had kids there. He says, you know, I'm going to go. I'm going to go to Chicago. Let me go. For 32 cents, how can I pass up such an offer? Right? Many Bachem do the same thing. It's only $150. Come on. How can I, you know, how can I pass it up? It's talking to me in the face. So he went. And he goes there and he was a little bit skeptical. Is he going to get on the flight? Is it, is it really a joke? When you get there, they're going to turn him down. Who knows? One of his Talmudim was driving him to the airport, saw the line. Saw the line. It was Mohammed coming out of the airport on the way to this airline. And he's like, Rebbe, there's no way you're getting on this flight. Maybe I'm going to wait here for you. I'll wait for you and if it doesn't work out, I'll take it back. No big deal. 32 cents. No, that's all you spent. No. The Rebbe said, no, no. I have been that I am going to get on this flight and it's going to be for 32 cents. Not a penny, not a cent more. He said, okay. Waited online, waits and waits and waits. People are starting going onto the plane. They said, that's it. Announcement comes. Okay, the plane is now full. Everybody else, please go home. We've got no more space for this flight. So everybody's like, oh. He says, no, no, no. I, but I'm, I'm going to get on that flight. There's no question. I'm getting on that flight for 32 cents. He waits around. The time of takeoff goes a long time ago. People are getting impatient. One guy gets up and says, you know what, that's it. I'm giving up my seat. I'm selling it, my ticket. Anybody want to buy it? Now this... This, you know, this uh, Shmuel Rachmiel Kavan was there. It's great. It's an opportunity. And most guys have gone home. I'll buy the ticket. How much do you want? Two dollars. Two dollars? No. no. I have bitochen that I am getting on this flight for 32 cents. Another guy on the plane sees what's going on, comes over, and says to this rabbi, Rabbi, are you a rabbi? You're a Jewish Orthodox rabbi? He says, yes, I am. I teach. He says, okay, I'm buying the ticket. So he buys the ticket for $2 and he gives it to the rabbi. He said, this is the first time this airline is ever flying. I will feel much safer knowing that there's an Orthodox rabbi on this flight. Because he had bitochen that anything can happen and it happens. Let me take you back with one last story. A little bit earlier in time. An unbelievable Misa. Rebizekul Khanan Spectre said over this Misa. And he said over the Misa about a very sick child whose mother came crying to Dr. Kushalevsky. Dr. Kushalevsky in Kovno was the doctor of children 
everyone in Kovna went to Dr. Kushalevsky. And she went with her child to Dr. Kushalevsky and said, Doctor, what do I do? My child is really not well. So he takes a stethoscope and he starts doing various checks and everything, examinations. He says to the mother with a stern face, I'm so sorry to tell you, but your child is very, very sick. I don't think he's going to make it more than maybe two or three weeks, maximum a month. And he's going to be in tremendous pain. There's nothing that we can do about it to help him. The only thing we can do is give him medication to help ease the pain. But it's over. It's over. So he read out her prescription, gave it to the mother. The mother was, you can imagine, distraught. Oi, my, my, my poor child, there's nothing I can do for him. What am I going to do? At least let me get the prescription. At least let me get the medication. Let me make the rest of his life a little bit more easier. So she goes to the pharmacy. And she tries. The door's closed. They're closed. It's all over. It's Friday. It's Erev Shabbos. They're closed. And she's so upset. She's so upset. The pharmacy is locked. It's all over. What can she do? And she starts to cry. What could else could possibly go wrong? Getting the medicine was her last hope of possibly giving her child that little bit of comfort before he left the world. And she walked home slowly before she entered her home in time to light Shabbos candles at Shabbos. Sunday morning, the doctor arrives. Dr. Kushalevsky knocks on the door. And Dr. Kushalevsky was was, was distraught. He knew the child didn't have much of a chance. He says to the mother, How's your child? And the mother looks at him and says, I'm so sorry, but he's gone. And the doctor's so upset. Oi. And I want to tell She says, no, 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 he didn't understand. He's gone to school. He's, he's fine, he's gone to school. He's like, well, that, that's impossible. That makes no sense. This child 48 hours ago was on his deathbed. He's gone to school. What are you doing? She says, no, you have to understand. I came back and I was so upset. When I came back from the pharmacy, everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong. Bef- right before I lit Shabbos candles, I said, Rabbi Shalom, I know that you can do anything. You don't need any medication to make my son better. You can heal him without all that medication, but I could do my ishtadlis and I did all my ishtadlis. Now, what I'm going to do is, I'm going to tear up the prescription into small pieces and I'm going to put it into a cup of water and I'm going to give it to my child. And that's what I did. Within 48 hours, he'd returned to himself, he was totally better, with no problem whatsoever. Said Spector, with real betochen, a person can change the world, and a person can change his entire life. Rabbi say, learn the lesson from the Ramban in this week's parasha. Choose yourself a life of gishmak, of simcha, of knowing that the Rabbi Nishalolam does everything for you. And when you do that, Rabbi say, you'll come out at the other end of 120 years with a successful, with a happy, and a life full of bracha.